Video starts at 13.50. Intro. Of course it's absurd. It's as I suspected. Well, I must defend my name. No, you must do no such thing. Oh, my honor, I will, my lord, I must. I know you yearn to defend your name and your honor, but... the common mind has no capacity for this sort of nuance. It's, they simply don't understand the world as we do. These villains and heroes, that is all. Yeah, my lord. Deny, deny, deny. All men are not equal in heart and spirit. From a short history of Christianity by J. M. Robertson. Taken individually, then, an average Christian of the second century was likely to be an unlettered person of the lower middle or poorer classes, living in a town, either bitterly averse to idols, theatres, the circus, and the public baths, or persuaded that he ought to be, utterly credulous as to demons and miracles, incapable of criticism as to sacred books, neurotic or respectful towards neurosis, readily emotional towards the crucified God and the sacred mystery in which were given the body and blood, devoid alike of aesthetic and of philosophic faculty, without the thought of civic duty or political theory, much given to his ritual, capable of fanatical hatred and of personal malice, but either constitutionally sober and chaste or chronically anxious to be so, and in times of persecution exalted by the passion of self-sacrifice, perhaps then transiently attaining to the professed ideal of love towards enemies. But the effective bonds of union for the community, whether in peace or during persecution, were rather the ruling passion of hostility to pagan beliefs and usages, and the eager hope of salvation, than any enthusiasm of humanity, social or even sectarian. And, as an orthodox ecclesiastic has remarked, we cannot even cursorily read the New Testament without being astonished by the allusions so often made to immoral persons calling themselves Christians. From a new model of the universe by P. D. Uspensky. Only degeneration and decay can proceed mechanically. Initiation gave freedom from this gloom, gave a way of escape from the never-ending anguish of the abodes of the dead, gave a kind of life in death. This idea is expressed more clearly than anywhere else in the Easter hymn of the Orthodox Church, which undoubtedly comes from very remote pre-Christian antiquity and links the Christian idea with the idea of the mysteries. Christ is risen from the dead. He has conquered death with death, and given life to those who were in tombs. There is a remarkable analogy between the content of the mysteries and the earthly life of Christ. The life of Christ, taken as we know it from the Gospels, represents the same mystery as those which were performed in Egypt on the island of Phile, in Greece at Eleusis, and in other places. First of all the idea of esotericism tells us of the knowledge which has been accumulated for tens of thousands of years and has been handed down from generation to generation within small circles of initiates, this knowledge often relates to spheres which have not even been touched upon by science. In order to acquire this knowledge, and also the power which it gives, a man must go through difficult preliminary preparations and tests and prolonged work without which it is impossible to assimilate this knowledge and to learn how to use it. This work for the mastery of esoteric knowledge, and the methods belonging to it, constitute by themselves a separate cycle of knowledge unknown to us. One and the same idea invariably runs through the teachings originated by these people, namely, the idea that only a very few can enter the esoteric circle, though many may desire to do so and may even make the attempt. The esoteric schools which preserve ancient knowledge, handing it over from one to another in succession, 
and the people who belong to these schools stand apart, as it were, from ordinary mankind, to which we belong. According to the idea of esotericism, as applied to the history of mankind, no civilization ever begins of itself. There exists no evolution which begins accidentally and proceeds mechanically. Only degeneration and decay can proceed mechanically. Civilization never starts by natural growth, but only through artificial cultivation. Esoteric schools are hidden from the eyes of ordinary humanity, but the influence of schools persists uninterruptedly in history, and has the aim, so far as we can understand this aim, of helping, when that appears possible, races which have lapsed into a barbarous state of one kind or another to emerge from that state and to enter upon a new civilization, or a new life. A savage or semi-savage people or an entire country is taken in hand by a man possessing power and knowledge. He begins to educate and instruct the people. He gives them a religion, he makes laws, builds temples, introduces writing, creates the beginning of art and the sciences, makes the people migrate to another country if necessary, and so on. Theocratic government is a form of such artificial cultivation. Biblical history from Abraham, and possibly even earlier, to Solomon, is an example of the civilizing of a savage people by members of the inner circle from the Colbrin. The barbarian asks, Who and what is the supreme spirit? Say unto him, Conceive it as a being even above your greatest God. If it helps in your understanding, see the supreme spirit as a God reflecting his image as yourself. The barbarian seeks a God he can see, but try and make him understand this is impossible. The barbarians are still children and these things do not easily come within. Because of this it may be best if they were taught by simple tales, like children, and so brought into the light gradually. A belief in the Supreme Spirit is of no great importance. An inquiry into his nature by the ignorant is purposeless foolishness. It is of much more importance to men that they believe in their own souls. Belief in a God of any sort without belief in the immortality of man and his godlikeness serves no end. If a God existed without man deriving any benefit from his existence, it would be better for man to ignore him. This, however, is not the case. Man seeks unity and communion with the Supreme Spirit only for his own benefit. Man has a destiny founded in something greater than himself, and hence his need for that something. The existence of a Supreme Being is not just something to accept, believe in and ignore. A belief, faith alone, cannot be ends in themselves, for nothing exists without purpose. Simple belief in a Supreme Being is not enough, we must know the purpose or intention of the being. If we believe this Supreme Being created us, however this was brought about, we must seek to discover the purpose behind our creation. If we were created to serve some purpose, to do something we were intended to do, we must do it or earn our Creator's displeasure. Does the potter keep the pot useless for its purpose, or the smith keep unwrought metal? Only things which serve the purpose for which they were intended are kept and cherished. Therefore, we who are brothers, were taught not only to believe in a Supreme Being but also in our similarity to Him. The Supreme Spirit is not a stranger beyond our ken, the powers of the Supreme Spirit infuse every fiber of our bodies. For the sake of the barbarians it is perhaps best to call the Supreme Spirit, God, the God without a name. 
this will solve some difficulties, and if the barbarians think themselves superior because they contain him within a name, let it be so and hold yourself in peace. The barbarians make images of God to make him more understandable. Are we much better who make images of him in our likeness within our thoughts? Not perhaps because we believe him so, but to make him more understandable. As man's understanding of God increases, so does God recede, so that though through the ages man comes to understand God better, he ever keeps the same distance away. We who dwell in the light of the Supreme Spirit have come closer to understanding, not because we are better men but because we have devoted our lives to the search, the mystics. If any man seek carefully and diligently enough he must find whatever it is he seeks. God is not a person, but the Supreme Spirit. They must also learn that the spirit is not something separate from man, or something within him. Man is spirit, man is soul. I am not born, nor will I ever die. I am Haru the enlightened one, Haru the twice born. Having crossed the dark waters myself, I carry the others across. Being free from fear, I free others from fear. Being unrestricted, I ease the restriction of others. Knowing the way, I show it to others. Having trodden the road, I now guide others along it. I am an illuminated one, the open of ear, the keen of eye. I am one who knows the law, I am a keeper of ordinances. To obtain the gem the serpent must be aroused and then overcome. To rouse this serpent is a thing not to be lightly undertaken, for it causes a fire to mount into the heart, which may destroy the brain with delusions and madness. Only the twice born can really obtain the gem. Then you pass through the portal to the Hall of Judgment. Here, for the first time, your light is revealed and it is made known whether your tongue has spoken in accordance with the things within your heart. Many are they who know the words of the tongue but sever these from what is written in the heart. If the words of the tongue are copied from the writings of the heart and are a true copy, then cross to the place of assessment where your true form and likeness will be displayed for all to see. A curtain of darkness descends, there is a heavy dark mist, then the muffled crash of thundering doors. The aching body reclines within the tomb of stone. The questing pilgrim has returned to his helm haven. He has learned truths he could never learn on earth and now knows the grand secret. Faith is replaced with certainty and he is now an initiated one. He who sees his own self in all things and all things in his own self is awakened. He is beyond delusion and outside the reach of futile sorrow. Having arisen from the womb of rebirth, the spirit is completely freed from any doubt about the immortality of man. The truly awakened soul is beyond carnal lust and mortal grief, his love is alike for all my creation and thus he shows supreme love for me. If a man would know heaven, he must first know earth. Man cannot understand heaven until he understands earth. He cannot understand God until he understands himself, and he cannot know love unless he has been loveless. God is unknown but not unknowable. He is unseen but not unseeable. God is unheard but not unhearable. He is not understood but he is understandable. The people of those times spurned all spiritual things and men lived only for pleasure, caring little for the good of mankind or the future of the people. The goal of life is upstream, not downstream. 
man must struggle against the current, not drift with the flow. From the revolt against civilization, the menace of the underman by Lothrop's Doddard, it is this elite which leavens the group and initiates progress. From the Bow and the Club by Julius Savola. The last point to which I will allude in these short notes no longer pertains to the definition of the pure concept of initiation in itself, but rather to the connection between the level of initiation and that of mundane reality and history. Particularly in recent times the conception of the secret character of the quality of the initiate has prevailed. The following saying of a Sufi, Islamic initiate, could be cited, that I am a Sufi is a secret between me and God. The hermetic character of the initiate is clear, moreover, from the initiatory current from which this adjective is specifically derived alchemical hermeticism, one of the main currents in the post-Christian West. But if we go further back in time, a different possibility is also attested. If we focus our gaze on those civilizations which, in an eminent sense, we may call traditional those civilizations which had an organic and sacred character and in which all activities were adequately ordered from top down at the center of such civilizations we often find, quite visibly, figures with features similar to those attributed to initiates. As this center is constituted by an imminent transcendence, so to speak, meaning a real presence of the non-human in the human, which is expected of particular beings or elites, there is a corresponding form of spirituality which defines the initiate and distinguishes him from the priest, for example, because the priest, at best, is a mediator of the divine and the supernatural, but does not incorporate this element in himself through the character of centrality. The divine royalty at the origins of a great number of civilizations had precisely this metaphysical character. The small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing do not represent the views of Canadians who have been there for each other, who know that following the science and stepping up to protect each other is the best way to continue to ensure our freedoms, our rights, our values as a country. We are not intimidated by those who hurl insults and abuse at small business workers and steal food from the homeless. We won't give in to those who fly racist flags. We won't cave to those who engage in vandalism or dishonor the memory of our veterans. So to those responsible for this behavior, it needs to stop. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Um, because their you know, basic dictatorship. Regardless of the fact that we are attacking your fundamental rights or limiting your fundamental rights, and the Charter says that was wrong, we're still going to go ahead and do it. Oui, on va s'en sortir de cette pandémie par la vaccination. Puis on, si on en connaît tous des gens qui sont en train d'hésiter un petit peu, on va continuer d'essayer de les convaincre. Mais il y a aussi des gens qui sont farouchement opposés à la vaccination. Qui sont extrémistes. Qui croient pas dans la science, qui sont souvent misogynes, souvent racistes aussi. C'est un, 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 un petit groupe, mais qui prend de la place. 
Et là, il faut faire un choix en tant que leader, en tant que pays. Est-ce qu'on est-ce qu'on tolère ces gens-là ou est-ce qu'on dit, ben voyons, la plupart des gens, presque 80% des Québécois, ont fait ce qu'il fallait faire, se sont fait vacciner, on veut revenir à, 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 aux choses qu'on aime faire, eh, c'est pas ces gens-là qui vont nous bloquer. Maintenant, Here's what Mar had to say. But I'm asking about the bigger issue here. It's like, why did this... And why truckers? And I thought, you know, like, during the pandemic, you know... I talked about this many times. You know, we would see these, Ed, we're all in it together, and I think, no, we're not. No, we're not. There are some people who stay home and some people who bring them the food. You know, if you're just ordering Amazon and you don't ever have to go out and your job you can do remotely, um, but who's bringing the Amazon things? The trucker, you know? It's, it was just, it, it looked, you did not use that word elitist in your whole speech, but like, that's the word that I, I think is on people's tongues and minds. And I mean, that certainly is what populists, including bad ones like Trump, play on. But there is this idea, and it's not wrong, that some people are staying home in their Lululemons and other people <laughs> are, and, and, you know, can afford to like wait out and get... Uh, a free vacation and money from the government and other people can't and they're pissed off the people who can't i think you're totally right about that bill i will say one more thing though is it goes i think one step beyond that is this is also furthermore a group of people who have further by the elites been excluded in the name of capital i inclusion and so i was i was a biotech ceo after the george when the george floyd protests played out in 2020 i was still a biotech ceo back then Back then, every institutional elite in America, in other countries around the world, but especially in America, would step up and say, what we need to do is we need to listen and open our hearts and minds. And I think those same institutional leaders would now do well to take a page from that playbook in listening to these truckers, right. too. I mean, Actually, listen to what they have to say. I mean, Justin Trudeau. What? You're laughing, but Justin Trudeau. I mean, I thought he was kind of a cool guy. Then I started to read what he, he said... This is a couple of weeks ago. He was, or maybe this is September, but he was talking about people who are not vaccinated. He said they don't believe in science. They're often misogynistic, often racist. No, they're mm, not. That was not that, smart of him at all. Right. He said, but they take up space. Mm. And oh. with that, we have to make a choice in terms of a leader as a country. Do we tolerate these people? It's like, tolerate these? Now you do that's, sound like no, Hitler. That's, mm -hmm. that, that would... uh, and recently he talked about the... Holding, holding unacceptable views. Wow. This, I'm yeah. surprised to hear that Trudeau said those things. You didn't see the blackface? I mean, he's... <laughs> he's uh, no, I'm kidding about it. I'm not, I'm not... I mean, that was not a good look for him. First they came, the true visage of democracy. Meet my friend Franco. Francisco Franco. Absolute ruler over Spain was one of the most enigmatic dictators in European history. Even today, the country still bears the scars of his reign. But one of his soldiers, in fact, mocked him um, when he gave an order, and Franco promptly pulled out his pistol and shot him dead. He seized power in a bloody civil war and ruled the country with an iron hand for 40 years. 
He once said, I'd have no problem killing half of Spain just to stop it becoming Marxist. The West will not be saved. It has long ago left nature, and will perish by this gesture. This last refusal of it by the collective vaccination shows that the West is in its last moments. I am one of the few who realize it. Martin Niemuller. First they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out. Because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out. Because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out. Because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. From Wikipedia, it is about the cowardice of German intellectuals and certain clergy, including, by his own admission, Niemöller himself, following the Nazis' rise to power and subsequent incremental purging of their chosen targets, group after group. And all this leftist clique, who like rats feel the totalitarianism coming and leave the ship. I don't make any, any difference between Trudeau or Ma or that cunt, Marianne Williamson. All are the same abject people. Williamson, who like every good Christian cannot take the esoteric content of the Course in Miracles. Too coward and who sells slash brainwash like all Christians. No, the West is reproducing the 20th century. From the Decline and Fall of Civilizations by Kerry Bolton. The End of History. Simmer saw human nature and the character of the cosmos as constant. What was valid for the ancestors continues to be so. It is a departure from tradition that causes decay. While changes in material culture are superficial. The Christian always sees himself at the end of history, as if he had built a golden age civilization. This is a recurring theme in his thinking. It is of course false. As for the present state of historical scholarship, Francis Fukuyama, when deputy director of the U.S. State Department's policy planning staff, delivered a lecture at the University of Chicago in 1989, subsequently printed in the National Interest, and expanded as a book in 1992, tellingly called The End of History. Fukuyama's influential treatise is that there is nothing beyond liberal democracy, and that this will achieve universal supremacy. Fukuyama sees the collapse of the Soviet bloc and the end of the Cold War as ushering a new dispensation. He sees the universal order of liberal democracy as the triumph of the West. It is delirious. But the Westerner lost all sense of reality. By leaving nature, he also left reason. The completely irrational behavior of the West, for this Covid has shown it once more. These people are crazy. And that doesn't bother them. Sorry. Sacrifices need to be made occasionally. Oh yeah, for what? For a better world, perhaps. What kind of a better world is made by shooting a 14-year-old boy in the head? Children are dying all over the world, Faye. Lift your leg. Don't think I'm inhuman, Faye. Some dirty work needs to be done. Civilization ought to thank those of us who are willing to do it. 
Why is it when someone starts talking about civilization, I hear the sound of machine guns? You Americans are soft. Perhaps, who knows? The Arab kid has what I need. I seem to have bled on your couch. Actually, it's an ottoman. You Americans, you know all about home furnishings, but have no clue what's happening in the world around you. I know, I don't want the killing to continue. And you think that's generosity of spirit, don't you? I thought you liked Americans. That's true. Said they can be so easily used. The epitome of Western civilization is consumerist Western culture spread to every corner of the globe, to every hill tribe and Amazon forest dweller, Asian peasant and Siberian villager. This is the culmination not just of Western achievement, but of history. What Marx saw as the march of history, of progress culminating in the end of history with the triumph of communism over the world, Fukuyama sees for liberal democracy, which he regards as the ideological foundation of consumerist culture. It is the messianic aim of the USA as the carrier of a culture pathogen throughout the world, as expressed approvingly and in similar terms by another U.S. strategist Colonel Ralph Peters, considered in a closing chapter. For now, we are tracing the historical origins of the idea of progress that is itself a symptom of Western decline. Fukuyama, as heir to the European Enlightenment that engulfed the remnants of Europe's traditional society through revolution, sees human history as a linear evolution through a series of stages, as did Marx. He misses the ebb and flow of history, the rise and fall of cultures, each with their own analogous epochs of birth, flowering, decay and death, succeeded by the birth of another high culture. To Fukuyama and the progressives, the meaning of all history is just a prelude, a series of footnotes to the end of the path, liberal democracy and its consumer society. Alexander the Great thought the same about his own universal civilization. The Western intelligentsia do not recognize that their type and their ideas have all been seen before. They are the products of an epoch of decline and death, not the heralds of a new dawn. Their progress is a phantom that will end in collapse. They are the harbingers of a disease that they mistake for health, with which they aim to infect all others in the name of progress. They call this infection liberal democracy, in medical pathology it is called syphilis. Before this epoch of enlightenment scholarship, which is based on the collection of data, as Condorcet put it, the traditional outlook was a clear perception of how history unfolded. There was a perception among Christian philosophers that putrefaction had entered the world after the fall of man, which meant that the social organism grows old and dies like other organisms. Man's decay walked beside his increase in knowledge. With knowledge comes arrogance, or hubris as the Greeks called it, and self-destruction, when man seeks to become God. When man seeks to become God. It seems to me, that it is the Abrahamists who seeks to become God. The God of the Abrahamists is a personal God, it is not the Spirit. The plebs did not understood what the Spirit was. And misinterpreted the writings of the mystical elite. The Spirit is the Spirit. The pagans had no problem with universalism, they were constantly exchanging knowledge. Probably exchanging people too. The Christian has tried to copy paganism since then, and since he does not possess the mentality of the elite, it spends its time imposing universalism onto the world. 
universalism that can only be conceived from the top of society, the spiritual elite. False universalism being based on matter, not on spirit. You have to be blind not to see that we are at the end of the cycle. What always surprised me in my Western fellow citizens, I saw 30 to 40 years in advance, that I was living the end of a civilization. I have always based my life on that. Never made the mistakes others Westerners did. I always made the right decisions before the others and this is still true today. Although we lived in the West in imprisonment for months and now through the attempt of compulsory vaccination like cattle, the majority of you, including the conspiracy fringe, does not see that a new totalitarian episode like the communism of the 20th century is happening again. It's always impressive to see. It seems that you have totally lost contact with reality. And that you live permanently through mental regression. Some Justin Trudeau, Emmanuel Macron, Joe Biden, the West will produce tons of them. It is the election system that is the problem. Not the psychopath. The moment you let a degenerate plebs choose for itself, that's what you get. As far as I know, you elected them. These Christian, Western assholes can't understand that the problem is not the election. It's in the way they are elected. These people are so mentally rotten that they can't see reality anymore. They are like the living dead, repeating that the right will restore order. Order left the right a long time ago. Liberal democracy is the opposite of order, is the negation of order. The epochal crisis of World War I prompted a reconsideration of the West's optimism. Scientists and philosophers, including Carl Jung and Oswald Spengler, reconsidered what the modern epoch of Western civilization had lost when materialism and science made the soul redundant and as Nietzsche said, killed God and, saw nihilism as the result. The Christian turned away from the spirit 2000 years ago, he is paying the price today. And the bill is going to be a big one. While the traditional, pagan, societies had the notion of divine calling in regard to work, as we have seen this was as part of a social organism, where each calling at its duties and obligations, including the merchants, who had their own guilds, as did artisans. These imposed duties and obligations on craft and trade. The traditional social order was far removed from the free trade ideology that developed especially in England as a secularized Puritanism. In the American colonies the pilgrims and the Puritans saw the promised land. The USA became a messianic nation with a world mission and creator of new products. When you look at the US and its relationship and its concern about oil and its politics in the Middle East. Yeah. You think it's a distraction? You think that it... No, I'm not saying the Middle East is a distraction. I think trying to make a country out of Afghanistan is a distraction. There was no country for the last 30, 40 years. They've just been fighting each other since the last king was chased out. Right. How on earth are you going to put these little bits together? It's not possible. So therefore you do what? I'm not an expert, but in my simple mind, it strikes me that you <laughs> yeah. won in Iraq, uh, you won in Afghanistan, not because you fought the Taliban, but because 
you got the Northern Alliance to fight them. Exactly. And you provided the Northern Alliance with intelligence and the capabilities to bomb them and target them. And they captured the South. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they've got governance problems over there, too. Yeah, that's all right. But that's their problem. Why do you want to make it your problem? But that's their problem. Why do you want to make it your problem? But that's their problem. Why do you want to make it your problem? So what would you do? Would you pull all the troops out and let whatever happens to Afghanistan happens to Afghanistan? It's not that threatening to the United States. Is that the argument? I don't know about that because I think it cannot be more difficult to, for the United States than to have your troops stuck there. The, the Russians are a brutal, ruthless so a lot of army people, right. 120,000 of them were there. But they had to leave. Yeah, and we helped that because we supported the Mujahideen. Yeah. The Mujahideen had a lot of support from around the world who wanted yeah. to see the Soviet Union take it. Yeah, but whether or not the Soviets helped them to get the Americans right. out, I yeah. think the Americans and the NATO troops, the NATO members are very skeptical of the outcome even to the point of not wanting to send their troops in certain kinds of combat areas. Quite right. Yeah. Yes, of course, because you get shot for nothing. But those who argue that it, if Afghanistan is abandoned, first right. of all, the world will say, or people will say, look, you left Afghanistan once before after the Soviets had left, and now you're leaving again. The United States has to stand for something, and it has to show that it's prepared to stay. Yeah, no. You don't buy that at all. The United States has to stand for something, and it has to show that it's prepared to stay. You don't buy that at all. The United States has to stand for something, and it has to show that it's prepared to stay. You don't buy that at all. You know, Rudyard, you, I mean, you must have a wonderful conversation with your friend Henry Kissinger then. No, no. no oh, stop no. there, though. Where do you and Henry Kissinger differ on, an, uh, on a look, a view of the U.S. role in the world? I don't think we we are, there's any difference. Is there. that right? How would you define it then? I think the U.S. can be a benign stabilizer of the world order. A benign stabilizer? Yes. Without the U.S., East Asia would never have grown. You and brought peace and technology, trade and investments, and East Asia flourished. That's, well, that's clear. It's happened in East Asia. Yeah, you talk about Singapore and North and South yeah, Korea. No, and absolutely. So, and if you're so not we there, can't, how do we do that in the Middle East? How do we do that when you've got the kind of conflict that's taking place? Yeah. You can't solve all uh, the problems in the world. How do we do that in the Middle East? How do we do that when you've got the kind of conflict that's taking place? You, you can't solve uh, all the problems in the world. How do we do that in the Middle East? How do we do that when you've got the kind of conflict that's taking place? You, you can't solve uh, all the problems in the world. Profit having been sanctified and forming what has become the American dream, to which all nations are expected to convert in the name of liberal democracy. The Masonic ideal of a new secular order was a formative influence on American messianism. And I see you all coming to say that Freemasonry made the modern world, yes it did. But those who were behind this movement to politicize Freemasonry were not initiated. 
that's something you learn with initiation, to keep your mouth shut and social hierarchy. Hence even the second religiousness that Spengler stated was a feature for the revitalization of a late civilization has, to use a Gumleaf term, zigzagged, instead of a resurgent western spirituality we have the prosperity gospel that declares personal finances to be the primary blessing of God, and the masses by their millions are inspired by this message from the holy men of the late west. Decay of the Megapolis as we have seen late civilization is marked by depopulation, after a period of overpopulation has resulted in the decay of the cities. These occurrences fulfill a pattern of culture pathology.